Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Renee. I'll be your host for the next hour or so. I'm a consulting astrologer and somatic intuitive, and my work is to bring the language of astrology into the experience of our embodied lives, relationships, and worldly experiences. You're listening to the Embodied Astrology Reading for Cancer Season in 2019. Cancer Season extends between June 21st and July 22nd, and this reading is an invitation to attune and align with the energetic qualities of this season. In today's reading, I'll begin and end with somatic meditation. This is a guided state of imaginative awareness and visualization that incorporates your physical form and location and inner body awareness. Between the meditations, I'll talk about the qualities and associations of Cancer and its opposite sign, Capricorn. Cancer and Capricorn are two ends of an energetic polarity, and especially this month, with solar and lunar eclipses coming up, we'll be working strongly with both signs. I'll also be talking about a few of the more notable planetary aspects and astrological events in this episode, but please make sure to also listen to my audio horoscopes for Cancer season. There are 12 horoscopes, one for every sign, and each one is about 20 minutes long. In the horoscopes, I give you detailed information on the most important aspects for this month and how they're affecting each sign uniquely. You can find the horoscopes linked from the show notes, from my website, or as separate tracks on your favorite listening platforms. All of my audio horoscopes, guided meditations, and podcasts are offered for free. If this work benefits you in your life, please consider making a one-time or recurring donation to help keep it going. Recurring monthly donations can be made at any amount and will grant you access to my expanded monthly reports, which include 15 to 20 page PDFs that outline the upcoming month's most important planetary aspects and lunar cycles, and offer suggestions for how to work most effectively with the astrological energy. If financial contributions aren't possible for you at this time, the number one way you can support this work is by sharing it with your family, friends, and networks. Finally, I want to add a special announcement for any of you who are ready to dive deeper with embodied astrology in your life. This autumn from September 28th through October 2nd, I'll be offering a very special retreat in Southern Washington. We're going to be exploring the expansive potential and personal manifestation power of Jupiter and Capricorn. This is a year-long transit, which goes from December 2019 through December 2020. This three-day retreat includes daily movement, meditation, art, writing, and astrology classes where you'll learn how to work with your own chart. And you'll still have time for long walks on the beach, hot saunas, and good company. For more information and to sign up, visit embodiedastrology.com and check the play and learn section under live events. Well, thanks for joining me today, everybody. I'm recording on June 21st around nine in the morning and this is the moment that the sun moves into the sign of cancer as we define it in the tropical zodiac there is a lawnmower moving outside in my neighborhood and if you hear it a little bit that's just what it is you'll hear the birds and the dogs and maybe some automobiles go by i want to begin today by honoring a really special person who um is so much a part of embodied astrology and that is my mom and her name was d d molten she was an astrologer and a therapist and a body worker and a dancer and a really wonderful mother and she was also a cancer um, she died when i was 17 and since she has passed i have realized that I've inherited a lot of her gifts that I didn't expect to inherit, that I didn't realize was um, going to be part of my path. It was her influence that really brought me into a deep study of the body. She was a massage therapist and really committed to somatic wellness. And throughout my life, she helped me learn to take care of my body. She was pretty fearless in educating me about my body, oftentimes against a lot of um, kind of moral ideas in um, her family, at least, which was a, a fairly Christian family. My mom also was an astrologer, and she, uh, she used astrology in her therapeutic practice with her clients, and she used astrology a lot with me as her daughter. And this is a big part of why I love this practice so much, is because I've experienced the benefit of it as a recipient throughout my entire life. I was 
maybe um, not the easiest child. And I went through a, a really hard divorce. My parents divorced when I was six. And as children do, when their families get fractured, I became fractured. And in my early adolescence, um, went through a lot and was pretty rebellious and really angry at my mom. And yeah, acted out in a lot of ways. My mom used astrology with me. She used it as a tool for parenting. She used it as a means to really understand me. And I don't know if I could have recognized it at the time, but definitely looking back, I recognize how much she pushed past the limits of her own comfort in order to see me and meet me where I was. And she took a lot of risks. Um, she allowed me to leave school when I was 13 to pursue a path of self-education. She introduced me to artists and mentors and people who would become really important support figures and uh, family figures in my life. She just really believed in me. And I know that a lot of her belief came from studying my chart and knowing the way that astrology works and being able to watch cycles and look at transits. And she trusted the elemental movement. She trusted my embodied intelligence and she always prioritized that. Since she's died, um, I have become an astrologer and I use um, my knowledge of the body, which of course began with her and I've studied a lot since uh, her influence in my practice. And this was actually nothing I ever thought I would do or set out to do. Um, as a very Leo person, I was always pretty gung-ho on being an artist and figuring out how to live my life in as creative a way as possible. And I know a lot of artists listen, and I know a lot of people know a lot of artists, and we know that making our lives sustainable, functioning in this world that is under some kind of capitalist brainwashing, figuring out how to get by day to day and live in a creative way is not easy. And most of us need other jobs. We need other income and forms of support. And the gifts that my mom gave me, working with the body, working with movement, and working with the planets and the heavens and the elemental rhythms of this world that we live in, have become my livelihood. So I want to dedicate this episode to her. Um, she was such an amazing embodiment of what I feel the exalted Cancerian energy to be. And she works with me all of the time. She is such a big part of my intuition. I know that when I feel through the chart, when I am able to pay attention to my body, when I can free associate between the symbols that part of what I'm doing is listening to her intelligence. Um, so thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dee. Thanks for joining us. On July 14th, if you think about it, just send her a happy birthday wish into the cosmos and into the ethers. So we'll begin today with a little bit of a meditation and call in the energy of Cancer. So wherever you are, you can do this, and it's also helpful to be in a space where you can bring your full attention. You can definitely do this while you're doing something else. Um, I think somatic practices are quite adaptable, so if that's what you're doing, then that's what you're doing, and if it's possible for you to carve out just a couple of minutes for this part of um, the practice and this part of the podcast, then I invite you to pause and find a space where you can just settle in for a couple of moments and listen. Just begin by noticing your body state. Whatever has come before this moment that you're hearing these words, wherever you're coming from. Notice how the past resides in the present, what's lingering, any kind of residue any motivation or impetus and movement forwards or out. And 
Let yourself begin to settle in your body as you notice your breath. And there's no need to change your breath. And the breath often naturally shifts as we bring our attention to it. And so you might feel the presence of your breath, how it moves in through your nose or your mouth, how it travels into your chest and your back, down into your belly, into your sides. You might feel the movement of breath all the way out into other parts of your body, maybe even into the space around you. Notice how your body state responds to attention in your breath. And then from this location in our bodies, let's just orient ourselves for a moment. And you can orient yourself to the place or the space that you're in. If you know the directions, the cardinal directions, north, south, east, west, you might mark them. Maybe you're a person who's orienting to the landscape, the sea or the mountains or some kind of geographic location. Maybe there's a different way that you orient yourself in the space around you. But just like dropping a pin in a map, can you feel where you are in this moment at this time? And then send a couple of breaths that honor the space. And if you're inside, you might honor the labor and the craft of however this place was built. If you're outside, definitely honor the beings that you're sharing the space with, the plants, the rocks, any kinds of structures around you, up into the sky, down into the ground. Send a couple of breaths that honor the memories of this space and all the people and the other beings that have cared for and attended to it, the influences that have changed it over time. Certainly in regards to today's theme, but always. And we give a, a couple of breaths of honoring uh, those who have lived here before and who have been um, maybe erased or if this was the home of peoples or a group of people that was taken away, as is true for many places that have been colonized that are new names on indigenous soil. Just honoring those ruptures, honoring those rifts, letting that awareness spread into your heart and body. And there's nothing so much to do about that at this moment, but just to allow a holding of some grief and sadness and a recognition of what it feels like to lose one's home. And holding a lot of other things and that a lot of other memories. And letting your breath rest down into the land, the land and the soil that is old. We can't really trace it back. Maybe some of us will with microscopes and lab tests, but really what is the history of this place? It's so old, this planet. It's existed for so long before our kind, our species, uh, ever began as a thought. And can you imagine the shape, the sphere of this earth. 
Imagine its crust or the soil and the oceans, the mountains, the plants. And then go below. Imagining the layers of mineral, the deep core of the earth, right at its center, fire, molten center. And then if it's comfortable, bring your hand to somewhere on your body that feels like center. For me, that's just over my belly button. For you, it might be there somewhere else. And can you imagine the shape of your body? And feel the outer layers, the skin, the mountains and the valleys of your shapes and your contours, the pools of your eyes, your various cavities, where your hair grows. And then go deeper than your skin and feel through all of the imagined layers of fascia and muscle into the structure of your skeleton, the containment of your bones. And then right at the center, this soft core, the warmest place in your body. And imagine breathing from that space as you inhale, feeling the spread of your breath out into your skin. And as you exhale, feeling yourself ground back into center. And in the next few breaths, imagine that your inhales start to get bigger. So the movement of your breath travels beyond your skin and starts to create a kind of membrane, like a really soft barrier around you. It's containment as much as a barrier, but it's soft and there's a fluid quality to it. And you might imagine this space as a little bit different than the other space around you. For me, I see the hue of a color, a soft pink, and a kind of refracted, refracted light, almost like um, quartz, light coming in and kind of glistening in the space. So however you see the space inside your membrane, as you inhale, that space fills, and it's filling with your purest essence. And your purest essence comes right from your center, and it's deeper and older than your identity. So it's not about your name. It's not about any stories you have about yourself. It's deeper and older even than your family. It goes all the way back or out into something that's undescribable. And this is an impulse of some kind, a spark of life. Your purest essence, what does that feel like? Underneath all of the words and all of the stories. your basic goodness, your clear sense. Let that essence spread out from the center of your being and into the space around you, held and contained in this soft and still protective membrane. 
And then from the place that feels like center, your hand is still there. Imagine an, an anchor, some kind of pathway. There's a weight to it, and it's going to drop down through the root of your body, through the barrier of this membrane. It doesn't rupture it, it just simply moves through. And all the way through the crust of the earth, wherever you are, through the body of the earth, all the way down into the earth's center. So that molten fire center, right at the center of the planet, is connecting into the center of your body. And can you feel this connection like a weight? So there's gravity to it. And as you inhale, you might feel how your being your little encapsulated form could move around, could move out and expand. And as you exhale, can you feel a reconnection, a grounding into that stock, into that anchor? So the center of your body connects to the center of the earth. And all the way around your body is protection. And inside that protection is your own essence. And you are surrounded by that essence. And that essence is nourishing. It's loving. It's a clear sense of knowing your purest state. And then just notice how you feel. Notice the state of your body. Notice any sensations, your thoughts, what's arising. As you listen to the meditation today, the reading for cancer season, uh, I'm going to really try and speak from this place, and I invite you to listen from this place of just a deep internal um, groundedness, a sense of being held, and anything that I say that stimulates something for you, if it sparks a memory, if it sparks an association, just trust that movement. And anything that I say that you can't quite grab onto or maybe have a, a verse reaction to, just notice that, but try not to be so attached. So take what works for you and leave the rest. Today is June 21st. As I mentioned, it's the summer solstice in the northern hemisphere. It's the winter solstice in the southern hemisphere. It's the beginning of the season that we call cancer season in the western tropical zodiac. This is a time of year when the seasonal light reaches its most extreme polarity. So in the Northern Hemisphere, we have our longest day today. And in the Southern Hemisphere, you all have your longest night. So this is a polarity between light and dark, um, warm and cool. And the axis is represented in astrology through the signs Cancer and Capricorn. Astrology works with polarity, it works with balance. Cancer and Capricorn are opposites, but they also create each other and they're part of the same thing. Cancer is a water sign. In the astrological language, water is the emotional quality. Cancer is the kind of water that bonds. So if you think about how a drop of water meets another drop of water and then they quickly bond, they form a larger drop of water, that's the magnetism of cancer. It's how we bond together, how we pool, how we stay connected. Emotional bonds are a feeling. They're a sensation. They exist in a very deep and central place in our body. Within these bonds, we have deep and basic needs for security, for care, 
for love, affection, and nourishment, survival. When we feel bonds, this becomes a commitment, a lineage, a family. And families create their own traditions. They have their own ways of doing things, their expectations and their rules. And this is one of the ways we can understand the axis of Cancer and Capricorn. The softness of the familial bond, the emotional connection that keeps us together, and then the structure of the expectation within the family. This is how we treat one another. These are the rules that we follow. These are the traditions that we keep. And we come back to the traditions year after year, time after time, and this strengthens our bonds. This strengthens our commitment. Cancer and Capricorn represent the parental and the familial axis. I don't think it's useful to divide these signs into gender or sex binaries. Any of us know who have been parented or who have parented that we're both the soft nurturer and also the strict disciplinarian. And certainly any of us who were raised by single parents or who are single parents know that you really need to hold both of these. So as I talk about this axis, I might use words like mothering or fathering. And please just consider that that's available to anyone. What creates a family? What allows us to survive, to sustain, or to grow? The way that young people are nurtured and trained will create the, the structure and the stability of the family. And this is something that we've observed throughout the course of our evolution of, um, as a human species. Tribalism is one of the qualities of both Cancer and Capricorn. It's a need to define ourselves, the place that we come from, the larger body that we're a part of, that holds our individual bodies, and what we feel that we need to do or what we need to do in order to succeed and survive in the world. And this is both quite basic and a metaphor. So as I mention these things, just sense into yourself, sense into your own experience with family and the meanings that have come through uh, from your family into you. What does family mean? What does it feel like? When you connect with your feeling of family, you connect with messages. In your family, were there ways of being that were right or wrong? Were there ways that you needed to be or things that you needed to do in order to be able to come home, to be accepted, to have a place, to feel secure? Just sit with that for a second. And from the very center of your body, notice any sensations that arise. Notice how you might feel a movement forwards, back, to the side, up or down. Our family bonds are so primary and fundamental. And the feelings we had or didn't have of security, safety, acceptance, being seen, being appreciated, being able to come home. For most of us, this creates a, an immediate body state. So as you sense into those feelings, just notice. Notice what comes up. Now, if you're listening to this, you've gone through some time and evolution since those very early impressions. And throughout your life, you've created bonds. And you have evolved in your nurturing style. But how you nurture and how you expect to be nurtured cared for in turn, has definitely been influenced by those early imprints. So take a few breaths and can you breathe into that evolution? How have you continued 
with the vibrations or the resonance of the early impressions. Many of us adapt them quite a bit. We learn about them. We might celebrate, we might reject. But just feel how you've learned and grown. And feel into your present state of emotional awareness when it comes to bonding. The bonds that we have now with our chosen family, our friends, our communities, partners, lovers, children, animals, plants, homes. And some questions I want to offer into these bonds. Can I be myself here? This is an important consideration for any bond. Can I be myself and just who I am? Do I have a place? Am I safe? Am I seen? Can I expect to be cared for? When I'm myself, not if I run around doing a million things to be worthy enough, but just as me. Can I expect to be cared for? What is the anchor? So the feeling of family and the feeling of coming home is also a returning It's a knowing that there is a place for us. And as I say this, I want to acknowledge that many of us did not get that experience through early home and family life. And many of us are not having that current experience. So as I say this, if it provokes grief, if it provokes anger, any other feelings, let them come in. But also consider for yourself what is the somatic quality or the imagined sense of coming home. And if you need to, just remember that anchor from the center of your body into the center of the earth. And the weight of gravity that keeps you coming back again and again. You know the way. The path is clear. The connection is strong. Within these questions, there are questions that we ask of our bonds. What do I need in order to love? What do I require in order to care? What are the codes, the ethics, the rules of engagement? When do I decide that it's safe or right for me to bond? and to open up my own space and include others in it. In our bodies, cancer as a sign rules the stomach. It rules the digestive fluids. It rules the breasts and chest and breast milk. It rules tears. It rules the hormone oxytocin which is the bonding chemical. It's the feeling that we get, the chemical feeling that we get when we come into um, a state of close identification, a baby and its parent, to lovers, partners. Cancer co-rules the womb with Scorpio. So imagine these place, these soft spaces in the body. Feel into your belly, into your stomach, into your breasts and chests. Cancer also rules what's called the pleura of the lungs. It's a fluid or liquid lining between the lung tissue and the inner surface of the ribs and it's how our lungs stay attached to our ribs 
So as you breathe and you feel the space of your inspiration, you might also just enjoy the sensation of your lungs moving out with your ribs and the space that's created inside. Regardless of your genitals and reproductive organs, everybody has a womb. And the womb space is the low belly, below your belly button, above your pubic bone. And it's an energetic center in our body where we hold deep feelings. And when we're quite bonded, usually the root of a bond, we can find it nestled here. It's a very deep place in a body, very sacred place in a body. The opposite sign Capricorn rules our bones and our joints, our skeleton, our knees, our teeth, and our skin. So we understand this polarity between Cancer and Capricorn in nourishment. So what we eat, but also how we're cared for. And when we are cared for, we can rest. We can um, rest into a parasympathetic state. This allows our organs to function with vitality and to regenerate. Nourishment, rest, and comfort leads to resilience in our body, strength in our structures, the ability to stand upright the integrity of our knees as a symbol of this, the ability to eat and absorb the strength of our teeth, as well as healthy emotional intelligence. Our skin is a porous membrane. It contains our body. It contains our body tissues. And it also allows in sunlight, nutrients, vitamins, We find the history of our lineages and the nourishment of our lineages in our teeth and in our bones. So as you feel into these places in your body, you might breathe also a breath of honoring and respect to all of your ancestors. And all of our people have gone through all of their histories Breathing into those vibrations. We can see this axis of Cancer Capricorn extend out into the world. From our families and homes, our communities and tribes, the people who we identify as our people, we become nations, cultures, groups, And these groups have traditions, they have expectations, they have social orders, codes, rules. There are ambitions within any group or standards for achievement and authority. What comes from the center of our groups can become borders and boundaries. Who is one of us and who is not? This is such a big question in the world today as our human family expands and has expanded uh, quite exponentially since we began. In the last hundreds of years, our numbers have uh, multiplied and grown. Cultures get bigger, they intermix, they interpermeate. Technology evolves, we travel all around the world The climate shifts, economic conditions shift, people are on the move. We migrate by choice and without choice. We migrate through force, through necessity. Where do we find the soft reception? Where can we be included and allowed? Feel into your body the experience of coming home Feel into your body an imagination, an experience of being welcomed into a friend's home. The comfort of knowing this is a place where you can rest. And let's take a few deep and collective breaths, 
for all of those who don't know right now where home is and who are struggling to find a place where they belong, where they're safe and where they're accepted. Today, cancer season begins. Cancer season will go from June 21st through July 22nd. And today, the planet Neptune also stations retrograde. And retrograde is an apparent phenomena. The planet does not actually go backwards in its orbit, but it appears to um, because of the difference in speed between our Earth orbit around the sun and Neptune's orbit around the sun. Neptune will travel retrograde until November 27th and it will travel between 18 and 15 degrees of Pisces. So you may want to check your natal chart and see where Pisces is, what house it rules, and also if you have any important planetary placements between 18 and 15 degrees of Pisces as well as the other mutable signs. That includes Virgo, Gemini, and Sagittarius. If you have these placements, and wherever this place is in your chart, um, Neptune's retrograde will influence it. Neptune is an outer planet. It spends almost half of the year retrograde. This is an interior, internal sensation of the planetary energy. Neptune is an energy that can really connect us with our empathy and with our intuition. So far this year, um, we've been experiencing the astrological influence of Jupiter in Sagittarius, another mutable sign, squared in Neptune. And I've talked about this in recent podcasts, um, especially the last full moon podcast uh, for Sagittarius. So if you want more information, you can listen there. Jupiter is currently squared in Neptune. It has been for the last week or so was squared to Neptune in mid-January, and it will square Neptune again in September, around the 21st in the autumn equinox. This square really brings us into a place where we have to examine what our beliefs are. And Neptune's influence wants us to deepen our beliefs. It wants us to connect with something that is bigger than our ideology, bigger than our opinions, and bigger than what we know. Our knowledge is so limited as singular human beings, and Neptune offers us the opportunity to transcend. That's what its planetary energy wants, is for us to transcend separation. So over the course of these next six months or so, as Neptune travels retrograde, in whatever part of your chart, Notice what arises in terms of your own empathy, the way you're softening, the way your beliefs are deepening. Root in faith of some kind. Neptune offers us this lesson, faith in something that's larger than us, connection to something that's larger than us. The planet Mercury will enter the sign of Leo on June 26th, and that means that it's leaving the sign of Cancer. And currently, as Cancer season begins, both Mercury and Mars are residing in this sign. As Mercury moves into Leo, our intelligence, our thought patterns, our communication habits moves into the sign of personal expression. On June 28th, though, Mercury will enter what's called its shadow. And this is the period of time before it's retrograde. So Mercury is beginning to pass degree points that it will have to return to. And on July 7th, Mercury stations retrograde at 4 degrees of Leo, and it will travel back to 23 degrees of Cancer. It stations direct on August 2nd, and then its shadow will complete on August 15th. So again, you might want to look at your natal chart, notice where 23 Cancer to 4 Leo is. Again, if you have important planetary placements here, um, these, these planets or these angles will be stimulated by this retrograde. Mars will enter Leo on July 1st. It will travel through Leo um, until August 19th. Mars brings energy into a sign. It brings action, assertion, initiation, and courage. Venus will enter Cancer on July 3rd, and it will travel through Cancer until July 29th, and then it will move into Leo. 
Wherever Venus is, it brings love, it brings sweetness, it brings awareness of connection. Over the next two months, three months, June, July, August, all the summer, the personal planets, these are Mercury, Venus, and Mars, are traveling through the most personal signs, Cancer and Leo. In medical astrology, Cancer and Leo rule the center of the body. Cancer, again, the stomach, the breast, the chest, the womb. Leo rules the heart and the spine. These personal planets, Mercury, our thoughts, our communication, our inner narrators, Venus, the way we connect, the way we bond, our sense of self-worth, our values, our value systems, Mars, our desires, what we're willing to act for, how we defend ourselves, how we protect ourselves, and what we engage with, take action with in the world. These are all influencing us in very, very personal ways throughout the summer. And these influences are going to be magnified with uh, the um, eclipses that are coming up uh, in cancer season. So this year we have eclipses in cancer and Capricorn season. We had an eclipse on January 5th in um, the sign Capricorn or in the season of Capricorn. And we'll have a solar eclipse at the new moon on July 2nd. And the solar eclipse and new moon takes place at 10 degrees of cancer. And then we'll have a lunar eclipse at 24 degrees of Capricorn on July 16th. So again, note in your chart, 10 degrees of Cancer, 24 degrees of Capricorn. Cancer and Capricorn are part of the cardinal axis. These are the signs that begin seasons. Planetary placements or angles that you have around 10 or 24 Cancer, Capricorn, Libra, or Aries will be especially stimulated by these eclipses. And as I mentioned, the planets that are moving through the personal signs are especially stimulated by these eclipses. Eclipses are times of important and powerful changes. In the astrological understanding, eclipses signify karmic cycles. There are two points where eclipses happen. These are called the north and south node. The north node is symbolized by the mouth of the serpent or the mouth of the dragon. And the south node is its tail. And so we have the um, kind of image of the Ouroboros or the serpent eating its own tail. This is an image of infinity. And in an understanding of karma that I think is nuanced, so not thinking of karma as like a destiny or fate, this kind of sparkly idea, but more thinking of karma as the direct influence of past actions and effects. Where you are coming from influences where you are going. What you have exerted, what you have taken action for, your impulses, um, the way you've treated others, the things that you've experienced will directly contribute to what you do in the future, to your expectations, to what you invite in. Currently, the North Node is moving through Cancer and the South Node is moving through Capricorn. The message here is that we are moving into a space of softness. We are moving into greater sense of family, familiarity, and bonding. And we're moving away from rigidity, from structures that are stagnant. The detriment of Capricorn that we're moving uh, away from is dominance, overexertion of authority, and the way that rules and traditions impede on the emotional body, impede on the emotional intelligence. We can think of this as well in a positive way, that our structures and traditions allow for others to come in, that we can build stability and integrity in our communities that allow them to be resilient and open and healthy. Please listen to your individual audio horoscopes for more information on how the astrology this month is going to affect you personally. I always recommend that you listen for both your sun sign and your rising sign. The sun sign is going to speak to something that is really at the core or the center of your essence. And the rising sign will be a little more accurate potentially for your current life, for the way that things are playing out and how it's affecting you day to day. Please take care of each other this summer. Uh, 
There's so much that's going on for everybody in very deep personal spaces. There's so much room for healing. There's so much room for evolution. There is so much room for care and tenderness. And you know through your life how much care, tenderness, and support helps you to evolve and helps you to grow and helps you to live into your highest self. So please give that to your friends, give that to your community, give that to your family, give that to strangers. Recently, I've been trying to practice um, softening my own defenses by really paying attention to my inner body and the roots of my eyes when I'm in communion or relationship with someone, when I'm talking with them. When I notice that I'm feeling defensive or guarded, my eyes get hard. There's actually a a hard quality to them or a tension that's kind of like either looking out or defending against. When I can soften in my chest and soften in my belly and then soften the roots of my eyes, I feel my eyes becoming more receptive. I feel them becoming softer. And then my smile has a genuine warmth then what I'm saying actually feels like it has integrity. So I invite you to practice that with me. It's definitely a practice. I also invite you to practice secure attachments, secure attachment with yourself, checking in with your own center, noticing if you're shifting out or hiding down or somehow exerting yourself out of your own center. Can you just check in with this place regularly literally in your body how do you feel check in with your attachment your connection to the earth itself it doesn't matter if you live in the highest high rise in the biggest city you are still connected to this planet through gravity imagine it connect with it know that it's an anchor for you in whatever way you can over the course of the next month practice emotional intelligence this means curiosity towards your own reactivity compassion for others reactivity being willing to suspend judgment for a moment trying not to take things personally remember that everybody is going through stuff remember that you are going through stuff and part of your emotional intelligence is healthy boundaries knowing when it's enough if someone is going through a lot if their energy feels quite toxic if their reactivity is too much being able to step away knowing your own boundaries around how much you can give, how much care and tenderness and support you have to offer, especially if there are relationships that feel um, more one-sided or that you're not getting back what you need. And of course, we go through fluctuations, we go through phases with our attachments, but please do take care of yourself. So with this, I want to close our our time today in the reading for cancer season um, by revisiting this meditation and really allowing this meditation to inform some emotional intelligence or an idea for healthy boundaries. I want to say that this meditation has been coming up a lot in my practice recently. And over the course of the last two weeks, I've been um, using variations of this with a lot of clients that I've been working with. Because these themes are collective, all of us are going through it right now. We're going through it with each other. So if this meditation is useful to you, please do practice it, come back to it, feel free to adapt it and share it with the people in your life. So once again, please bring your hand to somewhere that feels like center on your body. As you let your attention rest there, just imagine the location of your personal center and start to breathe from that space into your periphery, out into the container of your skin. With every exhale, feeling the clear center, the collecting place. And as you inhale, feel your own space expand around you. And imagine whatever it looks like, this protective membrane, and fill it with your own essence. And this essence is your best essence. It's your highest good. It's your highest self. It's your deepest truth. You might see it as a color or a quality of light. You might feel it as a vibration or hear it as a sound. 
Feel that membrane holding the essence and the essence pouring back into your own center. So with every breath, your essence becomes stronger and more vital. Directly from the center of your body, imagine a root, an anchor, connecting all the way down through the crust of the earth into its core. The heat and radiance, the center of the earth, connecting to the heat and the radiance at the center of your body. As you breathe, imagine their relationship, the flowing in and out and between. Let your imagination extend into the space around you, into the world around you. And call up visualizations of other beings, other people in your life, people who are around, animals, plants, any being that you feel it has a beingness, it has a sentience. Imagine all these beings held in their own membranes and those bubbles, those spheres of protectiveness and holding filled with their highest essence, their deepest truth, their light. And from each of these beings, from each of these spheres, there's a connection down into the center of the earth. We're all rooting, we're all grounding into the same source. And you might imagine just the flow of energy from the earth's center into our centers. Now, we both know, we all know, that we're not always our highest selves we're not always resonating with our deepest truth. And all of us have a whole lot of unprocessed emotions and unconscious patterning. And we mess up and we say the wrong things and we do things that hurt each other. So as you imagine all of these beings floating in their own spheres, you might also imagine a kind of digestive process in your own sphere and their spheres. And this is kind of a swirling of unconscious material, the unprocessed emotion, the unconscious stuff. And in your own sphere, your own sphere of influence inside the membrane of your own essence, you might imagine that stuff kind of floating around you as particles or sediment. And as it reaches, as that sediment reaches the barrier of the membrane, it simply just floats out. And so your membrane, like skin, is porous. And these toxins, these bits and pieces that are unprocessed, that are unconscious, they can float out. And as they float outside of the membrane, they just dissolve like a poof and they become kind of neutral. And you can assist this process by breathing in and out consciously from your own center. So the more you connect to your own center, the more that you connect to your own emotional intelligence, to your secure attachment, to your safety, the more you can process what's unconscious, what comes up as residue. And when you process something, it resolves, it loses its charge. And so it's that feeling as it floats out, it's just like, oh, not so important anymore, it becomes neutral. And then you can imagine into the spheres around you, all these other beings are doing the same thing. And you might imagine their pulsation or their respiration as they do their work of connecting to their center, of coming back again and again. Breathing in and breathing out, processing what's ready to be processed, becoming conscious of what's ready to be seen. 
And as stuff floats out into the space around you, any stuff that's not yours, it just hits the barrier of your membrane. So if stuff is coming out, maybe even sometimes spewing out from other beings, it's just hitting the barrier of your membrane and it's sliding down its surface. So you don't need to take on other people's sediment. You don't need to take on their unprocessed stuff. And as you do your work, as you try and release, you're going to pray and hope and intend that the intelligence of the membranes of those around you can discern. And what's not theirs can just slide down the surface of those bubbles of those capsules. And this is the work we do all the time as beings trying to evolve. We're processing our stuff. Stuff is always unprocessed. There's always stuff that's unconscious. It's always reverberating around. As we emit into our atmospheres, plenty of what we emit is good and loving and caring. And plenty of what we emit sometimes is not or is not perceived as not. So we hope and we intend and we work for the strength and the resilience of our own containers and we support the containers of those around us. Just trying to encourage this feeling of, okay, we don't need to take in or take on what's not ours to process. Connect again with your anchor, with the root all the way down into the earth. And let that stable anchor come all the way up into the center of your body. And let your awareness now come deeply into your body. Do a little body scan from your feet up over your ankles, your lower legs, your knees, your thighs, pelvis, womb, belly, back, chest your lungs, your throat, your neck, your arms, your elbows, your hands, your wrists, your face, space around your face. And just notice your body state right now. And if there are places in your body or in your being that need your attention and need your love, please attend to them. And when and if you're ready, begin to bring more attention into the sounds of your space, into any smells or the air. And let your eyes open if they've been closed. And locate yourself in the space that you're in. You might name and notice your environment, just seeing colors and shapes familiar objects, familiar places. Say thank you to the space for holding you for this listening, whether or not you've been in one space or moving around. So I'd like to honor and thank you. You are a vibrant community of listeners, and I have been so... Um, supported and affirmed by you over the last couple of years. Thank you so much for being here and holding the space of embodied astrology and my practice as it grows and evolves. I want to say that we're out there. We're all here. There are a lot of people listening to embodied astrology. There are even more people checking in with similar kinds of content reaching for their evolution, growing their emotional intelligence, thinking about how do we shift our consciousness? How do we get into a space where we can be more present with ourselves, more caring for each other, more resilient in our communities, more open to others? We're out there. This is a moment in time when it can be easy to forget, but I just want to remind us that we're here. We have bonds with one another. So when you encounter each other, whether you know or you don't know, if someone is part of your community, please practice softening in your center, softening the roots of your eyes, and remembering your anchor, remembering your deepest, truest essence. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. 
I'm wishing you all the best in this upcoming season of the light of cancer and these amazing eclipses. Please remember to check back in with me at the new moon and the full moon, the solar eclipse and the lunar eclipse, July 2nd and 16th. I'll be back with some inspiration for these cycles and meditations or rituals to honor the eclipses and their power. You can always find more with Embodied Astrology on Instagram. I post there pretty regularly, just little pieces of astro inspiration and updates throughout the week. And of course, you can follow along with Embodied Astrology through the seasons if you become a subscriber. You can subscribe at any amount per month, and your subscription, because it's regular, because it's steady, gives me stable attachment. It gives me security and allows me to continue to make this work and um, allows it to evolve. So subscribers get a monthly report of the upcoming planetary aspects and lunar cycles with suggestions on how to work with this astrological energy for your best benefit. Subscribers also receive discounts on my online classes and the birthday reports. Birthday reports are extended forecasts available for every sign at the beginning of your zodiac month. The Cancer Season birthday report is available now. It's almost an hour-long extended forecast with a 19-page report. So you get all kinds of good information to lead you into your next solar cycle. Thanks again, everyone. Blessings and bye for now.